What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Coach Vaughn Podcast. I am Vaughn DiCarlo, a.k.a. Coach Vaughn, and Coach Vaughn is on. We're going to jump right into it because so much has happened. So much has happened since the last time we spoke, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of my listeners are tuning in just to hear me take a slice of humble pie when it comes to the King Goat James, but if that's why you tuned in, just, you know, (laughs) you're in for a rude awakening. Because I'm telling you right now, uh, I'm not giving up on the King right now. I'm not giving up on the King and the Cavs. We're two games into the finals. I get it. it. They lost both games on a Warriors home floor. So what? LeBron was what? He was down 3-1 in the finals before and came out with a ring. And what does he say? Zero concern. Okay, so I'm going to stay on that path. I got my money on a king and a calves. And I honestly, truly believe, I know I sound crazy, but I honestly, truly believe that if and when, I should say, when they get this to a game seven, all of what happened in the finals is wiped clean. And that's now just a fresh game. Every game is the last game. But this is really the last game, but it's really the first game. Feel what I'm saying? All of those memories of whatever happened to get there is wiped clean for all the players. Not just LeBron and the Cavs, but Steph, KD, Clay, all the Infinity Stone Warriors of the Warriors. You know, they take that name a little too seriously if you ask me. Jesus. Like, it's easy for Steph Curry to be getting off these shots, I want to get into who should be MVP because the argument is going around. Steph Curry is trying to, you know, go for that MVP. I I still think even if LeBron loses, you know I'm going to have that opinion that he should be the MVP because the most valuable player is the most valuable player on the team, right? That's what it means, the most valuable player for that team. Am I incorrect? No, I'm absolutely correct. So when you think about that, who's the most valuable player on the Cavs? Obviously, LeBron. Who's the most valuable player on the Warriors? Steph, KD, Clay, Draymond, hell, even Swaggy P. (laughs) They are collectively amazing. How easy is it for Steph to be draining? Now, he's, don't get me wrong, I am not taking away from his skill set at all. He is absolutely one of the greatest shooters of our time. 100%. I wouldn't give him the greatest point guard, but the one of the greatest shooters ever, absolutely. Steph Curry, you got that, hands down, without question. I'm not, with what I'm saying, taking anything away from the, the idea that Steph Curry is amazing. But isn't it easier to get these amazing shots off if you're already amazing when no one's really contesting them like come on Steph Curry's gonna be open because they got to pay attention to KD they got to pay attention they got so many people that they have to guard and take care of and keep watch on that Steph is gonna be open and if he's not it doesn't even matter you know why because KD is gonna drain everybody's just gonna do what they do and the Warriors is likely going to come up top. But here's my thing. I think the Warriors are weak. I think the Warriors are weak, capital A-F. Why do I think they're weak? They literally were not enough 
to beat one man that is LeBron James. They were not enough. So they had to add Kevin Durant. They built this team just to beat LeBron. And they're barely doing it. And I stress, they're barely doing it. Now, that first game of the series was ridiculous. That call from the rest was ridiculous. I mean, the Warriors got the refs on their side and everything. That call was ridiculous. George Hill missed the, the free throw, but everybody seems to forget that because J.R. Swish hustled, hustled, and got that rebound. But, um, you know, he made a little, a little uh, tiny, itty-bitty, eeny-weeny, teeny-weeny, Teeny, 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 weeny, little mistake. Jr. No, Jr. What are you doing, Jr. Ugh. I, uh, I love me some Jr. Y'all, I really do. But Jesus, ah, brain fart. Wow, that really happened. I felt bad for LeBron. He seemed so frustrated. Um, but still a man with a lot of class and in the post-game interviews, you know, he would not chomp at the bit at all. They kept trying to bait him to say something about Jr. And basically all he's going to say is I'm not giving up on Jr. I'm not giving up on none of my players. That's just not who I am. And I appreciate that about him. But when I tell you, I laughed so hard when they kept pushing when that one reporter kept pushing and asking the JR question and LeBron put on his shades got up walked away in his suit shorts and grabbed his briefcase purse and said do better tomorrow when I tell you I laughed so hard I was like wow that was funny that was very funny um, all the memes, everything happening on Instagram is just hilarious. The One of my favorite ones is them showing uh, J.R. Smith. Um, no, this wasn't a meme. It was like a GIF. It was like a video thing. And they, they showed J.R. Smith grabbing that rebound and running past LeBron. And they cut to J.R. bouncing the ball into a liquor store and picking up some Hennessy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you guys have seen that. Most of the people who listen to this podcast are very... Um, busy with me on social media as well. If you are not, please do join me at Von Carlo on Twitter and Instagram. That's V-O-N-D-E-C-A-R-L-O. Always use the hashtag Coach Vaughn. Um, Coach Vaughn is amazing if you want to, but that's not really a hashtag, but you can use it. But um, hashtag Coach Vaughn. I, when I tell you LeBron really pushes some buttons because I posted a picture on Instagram that says um, it, it lists a bunch of LeBron's accolades. It's a, it's a baby picture of him in this <laughs> turquoise green turtleneck and sweater. He looks like an adorable child. And um, it just lists the accolades. And if you haven't seen it, I'll just read it off. It says, often overlooked with no father, no education, no training, and very few role models. They handed this young, dirt-poor kid $420,000 per week at the age of 18. And there's like 
about 20 exclamation points after that. Because whoever typed this up knows that 18 is the age that you don't even want to hand a a kid $20 because you know they're going to fuck it up. Like, 18 is that age. Between the ages of, I would say, 18 and 25, you are young, wild, and free. You know, you're out of your mother's house. You're doing your thing. If you're making some paper, you're probably going to screw it up and buy a whole bunch of stuff that you shouldn't buy. You're not going to invest any money. You're going to just wild out. I always say in life, your 20s is, is, your, is the age where you fuck up. Your 30s is where you start cleaning it up. And then your 40s is where you start settling into who you are and what your flow is. And by then, not everyone, because, you know, I, I don't necessarily can't say that I'm settled into my career in comedy and doing everything that. I'm doing everything that I want to do, but I'm certainly not where I want to be at the heights of where I can see myself going in comedy. Um, But just following along with life and what I'm saying, 20s is where you screw up. 30s is where you start to clean up. Sometimes that cleanup spills over into the 40s. Um, But I I guess as you move into 50 and 60, uh, that's where you start to really settle in. Um, 40s for a lot of people that are really accomplished and state focused and you know it's not that some people have less or more to clean up it's um that's my ipad sorry um that little beep was my ipad it's not that you have less or more to clean up we all life hits everyone the same way um different circumstances but no one is exempt from life the hardest thing to realize as a parent is that your child is not exempt from life. That is so, trust me, hard. Because you just, babies come out so perfect and innocent and then the world strips them of that innocence and they have to learn how to live in the good and bad like we all do. And some people handle it good, some people handle it bad, and you know, there's everything else in between. Like I always say, life isn't just black and white, it really is a whole bunch of gray areas and you just have to learn how to live and let live and just really push forward with any situation. I was, you know, well on my way to living my life and my dreams in my thirties, you know, trying to clean up my twenties a little bit, but you know, then life happens, tra- tra- you know, tragedies, death, things happen, and then you have to reset. And it's almost like you, when you reset, it's almost like you're resetting as if you're 20, but you have the knowledge of like 30 or 40, which isn't bad. But getting back to the point, um, whoever wrote this about LeBron on this picture put a lot of exclamation points because they know $420,000 per week at the age of 18 is an enormous amount of money. Continuing on with the accolades and, and just the, the positive check marks for LeBron James, he married his high school sweetheart. He's never been arrested, never used drugs, Never humiliated his spouse with side chick stories. No outside babies. Um, 
never in the news with so much as a parking ticket. I'll add to that, never sold drugs, because they said never used drugs. I'm going to add never sold drugs. Um, excellent father, heavily involved with his kids' activities. And by the way, thank you, LeBron, for training Bronny Jr. I cannot wait until he is in the NBA in a couple of years. I think I'm going to retire. I think I'm going to throw in a towel when LeBron is in his last days in the NBA and playing with or against his son in the NBA, I think that is going to be so fun for me to watch that there is, I can't imagine anything greater happening other than a ring coming to New York and LeBron being the one to bring it here, but I'll take a ring in New York from anyone. Um, but can you imagine how fun that's going to be to watch LeBron James and, Le, and Bronny Jr. like either go at it or work together on the same team in the NBA? Super duper can't wait for that and I think after that I'm I'm just gonna be done with the NBA I'm just gonna throw in my towel um continuing on greatest player on the planet I I don't argue that point at all some people might uh they go into the whole Michael Jordan who's better I think it's apples and oranges different time periods um different situations on and off the court I must say uh, 14 years later, same dude, same maturity, same chick, same family, reputation intact, and now earning close to $2 million per week. And you could add even more to this. You could say, you know, like I said on my post, not to mention all the many charitable things he has done for kids and his community and his friends. All of his friends, his whole crew that Phil Jackson called a posse, those businessmen, amazing, amazing businessmen. They should have added to this list LeBron James being an amazing businessman and uplifting his friends to be amazing business people as well. And it just goes on and on and on. And on my post... I said, so when people ask me why I go so hard, this is why. I've explained it before. Um, I'm a fan of underdogs. I love underdogs. If you know me, you you know I go hard for J.R. Smith, too, for a long time, when he, even before he was on the Knicks, um, when he was on the Nuggets with Carmelo. And Nate Robinson, one of my favorite players that used to be on the Knicks, love him because he is a surefire underdog because he's only what? Four foot one? Come on. All right, he's listed it. He's listed it five foot eight. So that probably means he's five foot seven because they, you know, the NBA add that extra inch. But anyway, I love a good underdog. And to me, um, with all of his accolades and everything that LeBron has done on and off the court, I feel like that man is like the Obama of the NBA. Like he's an amazing, classy dude. That's not perfect. Nobody is. Nobody's saying he's God, you know, but he is as close to, um, and I don't even like using the word perfection either because we're all human. I'm not like a fan of LeBron James that think he does no wrong. I'm just saying much like Obama, I'm pretty sure there's things that, that aren't great. You know, there's things that, about LeBron, LeBron, Le, LeBama. <laughs> I just found the, the title of the podcast today, LeBrama. Um, 
no one's perfect. Long story short, I don't have to repeat that. But I will. Nobody's perfect. But do you know how difficult it is to always be the bigger person? Like, dude, they burnt his jerseys. And from that point on, I was done. I was like, you're going to make this guy who has accomplished so much at such a young age came out of poverty and out of right out of high school and has done so much. He could have screwed up majorly, but he didn't. And to 14, 15 years later to still be focused. Like, shoot, people get bored in their jobs and, and start looking for a new job. After eight months, these days, they start putting in their resignation and, and start using a company's computer and time to look for new jobs in like less than a year. So you have this man still focused and, and even more focused, even stronger. Like he's not even seemingly on a decline at all after all this time and all these hours he's put in on the court. Not to mention the stuff that he does off the court. Hell, I go to the gym for an hour and I feel like I need a nap for a week. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm a mother. I know what it is to be active in your kid's life and work and have a partner, a spouse to also take care of. It's a lot. And to have a whole company you're running outside of what it is that you do on a court. Come on, y'all. So from that day forth, he's, they burnt his jersey. To me, that made him an underdog. Because you're going to take someone and you got to find, you have to do horrible stuff to somebody that's out there doing great. <coughs> Excuse me, allergies. Um, But anyway, ever since then, I haven't shut my mouth about LeBron James. And I don't plan to. I do think he is the GOAT. And not just for basketball. He is the greatest example of the American dream. Enjoy him while you have him, people. You will miss him when he's gone. You absolutely will miss him when he's gone. Because I don't think even LeBron, Bronny Jr. included, and Ben Simmons. I know what y'all say about Ben Simmons, but I honestly don't think uh, the world is not going to see another LeBron James anytime soon. And I don't. I don't know if people said that about Jordan or whatnot when he finally retired and was done that, you know, you would never see another athlete like Jordan on the court again. I don't know if that was the perception back in the day, but LeBron, man, I don't know y'all, but what kills me about people, they just are so judgmental. Like I got so many comments First of all, let me tell you about my Instagram and Twitter following. Twitter is where I usually, you know, talk my, the most of my shit, you know, in basketball. I'll be tweeting away during the games, live tweeting the games and everything. But on Instagram, you know, it's pictures, it's videos. And usually when I post a picture that's not me, it doesn't get as many likes. You know, if I'm in a picture with other people, it usually doesn't get a lot of likes it's just what it is. Like sometimes I guess if it's not just you, it can go past someone's feed and they may not like it because they don't, maybe they've seen this picture before, like this meme or this gift before, or, you know, maybe whatever the reason is, it just doesn't get as much likes or comments. 
Well, when I posted um, two pictures this past week that got the most attention. One, after I did SiriusXM Urban View Power Hour... I was in the waiting area and bumped into Chaz Palmateri. Oh my God. Legend the legendary Chaz. Okay. If you if you don't know who I'm talking about, look I, you if you didn't see the movie A Bronx Tale, I don't know who you are. That's a classic film. And I bumped into Chaz and he's a Knicks fan. I had on my old Knicks t-shirt and he goes is that a Knicks t-shirt I was like absolutely and then the conversation was just on and popping from there we talked about his musical A Bronx Tale the musical I saw him do his one-man show A Bronx Tale several years ago it was amazing um so I would love to see it as a musical but it came well I can't say it came from the film it came from his one-man show that he did in the late 80s and 90s and Robert De Niro wanted to turn it into a film when he saw it and Chaz was like cool as long as I could play the role of Sonny and boom history was made from that point on so we got to talking about the Knicks and LeBron and all of that jazz um and because he is so legendary that got a bunch of likes because like I said even though I when I'm on Instagram if I'm in a picture with another person it gets kind of overlooked. Um, but if it's a like a legendary person like that, it's going to get likes. And I was shocked because I had seen this picture of LeBron. This is a baby picture that I just read off to you with all his accolades off the court. Um, I seen the picture floating around already. So I didn't expect it to get a bunch of likes, but I wanted to post it and say what I said. You know, most of what I just read off to you and, and reiterated as far as my point of view. Unbeknownst to me, it got a bunch of, not just likes, but more importantly, the comments. Uh, well, likes are important, of course, guys. But the comments were ridiculous. LeBron really does push some buttons, guys. I mean, seriously. Like, there were some people just roasting him, which was funny. But there were some people that were just straight up mean and saying just the nastiest stuff and I'm like dude calm down like this one this one guy young pop pop underscore young pop pop he says who gives a fuck wow and I don't like cursing on on my Instagram I I blurred out the words who gives a f if he didn't have a father this name came out six foot eight 245 pounds oh okay projecting jealousy much the rest of your comment is trash because it started out trash and it's all about you know so what he came out six foot eight 245 pounds that doesn't guarantee success in basketball do you know how many six foot eight two three hundred pound dudes i know a lot most of them were bouncers in clubs in new york in, in Miami. So beat it, which uh he came out six foot eight, two hundred and forty five pounds is gonna guarantee him some kind of success in basketball. Um he was gonna be a good dad or not. That shit don't mean you gotta respect nobody. Oh, really? He did what he had to do to survive just like the next man. Alright, I agree with that, but why so much venom? Why 
don't you respect it? Nobody said you have to respect it. You have a right not to respect it. You have a right to say anything you want. We still have freedom of speech for now until Donald Trump screws that up somehow. Um, but why not respect it? It's very respectable. I love when I see other people doing amazing, respectable things. What do you, would you respect him more if he went to jail and had street cred and sold drugs and shot a few people? Like, get out of here. But that's immaturity. I don't know how old this dude is. Um, oh, I went to his page. He's a comedian. Oh, oh really? Um, uh, all right. Well, whatever. I didn't know that he was a comic. Uh, anyway, point is, that was a whole lot of unnecessary hate. And nobody's saying you have to respect it. But the question is, why wouldn't you want to? And people were coming at me like, this doesn't make him the GOAT. And I said, well, it's good to know that you people don't read because I said it. I don't call him King Goat just for basketball. I call him that for on and off the court. I do think he's the GOAT on the court, but I don't think any of these accolades make him amazing in basketball. I think he's amazing in basketball because he's amazing in basketball. And not just because of his height and his weight. It's because of his focus and his discipline. And his amazing focus and discipline got him through his 20s and his 30s and moving on into his 40s without any major fuck-ups and helping other people, kids in his community, adults in his community. Hell, half the people that burnt his jersey need to take a chin check and take a look at, at, at the economy in Ohio goes up or down based on the fact that he's there or not. So thank you, LeBron should say the people of Ohio for coming back and not just bringing a ring, but bringing the economy back up. Like people are so ungrateful and rude and disrespectful. And not that I'm saying you can't be, I'm saying, why should you be? Why? That's, that's called, um, jealousy, projecting insecurities, being upset about your own life so you can't be happy for others. And that's a very sad place to be in. I'll pray for you. I pray for all of you who represent that side of the fence because we've all been there. We all will look at somebody and go, why them? Why not me? Why do I have to do this or that? Or why didn't I get this job? Or why didn't that work out for me? Well, because what's meant for you is you. And if you seriously stop looking at what other people are doing, whether it's on Instagram and thinking their life is so great versus yours because they take great pictures and, and who knows if it's true or not, but you got to stop comparing yourself to other people and stop comparing other people to other people. I'm really sick of the LeBron, Michael Jordan comparison. I really am. And even in comedy, I don't compare myself to anybody. I really don't. I do me. It's just like, if, put it like this, right? You go on stage. If the comic before you killed or if the comic before you bombed, doesn't make a difference. You have to get the energy of the crowd to what you're about to do, what you're doing when you're on that stage. So a lot of comics uh, get scared. And I'm not even talking about new comics, young comics, old comics. Vets, sometimes they get 
they don't want to go up after somebody super slays kills the room. Me, I'll take that L if it's going to be an L. Because guess what? I'll go up after somebody that kills. And if I bomb because I couldn't get the energy right, at least I got up there. I had the courage to get up there and give it a shot. And I'll tell you, I've done it several times with comics that slays rooms and other comics are scared to go up. And I raise my hand like, I'll go. I'll ride that wave of that laughter. It's a hell of a a lot easier to ride the wave of laughter than going up after your mediocre ass set that killed the room. And now I got to pull teeth just to get them back into a laughing mood. Yeah, why not ride the wave of laughter? Yeah, I already know I'm not going to kill like that last comic because I'm not doing their material. I'm doing mine. I'm going to kill with my material, whatever that may be. And it's up to me to get the energy right on, on the stage when I'm on it. It's my stage. It's, it's my show now, regardless who went up before me, whether they killed or they bombed. That's period point blank. So with that being said, there's no I'm not in competition with anyone in comedy except myself. I just want to go up every day and get better than I was yesterday. I want to work on my bits. I want to work on my material so that someday, no matter how long from now, but someday when I am at the height of my career or not, but at some point, I would love to be in the conversation when people say, Who's the greatest comedian of all time? I want to be in that conversation. And not because I was married to someone who they consider one of the greatest comedians of all time, one of the goats. I know it may take my entire lifetime to get there, but I'm doing the work. And I I feel that I'm very unique in, in my perspective and my rhythm in in finding my place on that stage. So there's no need for me to be mad at somebody else because they're doing well or they got a job or they booked a commercial or they booked uh, something. There's no need for that. But it's a natural feeling. I understand it. But this dude, I don't know what his beef was. But Jesus, did you hear the venom? It was like, wow, you mad at him because he came out six foot eight, two hundred eighty five pounds or whatever. First of all, he didn't come out six foot eight, two hundred and however many pounds. That would have been a hell of a birth. <laughs> what kind of vagina does LeBron's mama have that she could push out a six foot eight, <laughs> two three hundred pound baby? Jeez. Calm down, everybody. Calm down. It's okay to applaud others. It really is. Relax. Relax, everybody. And I'm still going to say Cavs and Seven. You know why? Because they're coming. They're going back home to uh, Cleveland. I think they'll rejudge themselves. Um, Well, no, wait. Was this last game in Cleveland or... Uh, am I messing up at the end of my podcast? Probably. I'm so tired, y'all. I had such a long week and a long night. I'm not even going to look that up. Basically, here's what I'm going to say. Bottom line is, if, and I'm saying if loosely because I believe it will, get to a game seven. I'm still saying Cavs in seven. 
period. I don't care whose home floor you on. And I know that that seventh game is in in in, in the Warriors' house. I know that. But I'm going to still say Cavs in seven. I'm going to still say King Goat James. And um, I'm going to still say it's better to be positive than to be negative. And it's a, a wonderful thing to watch other people do amazing positive things in life. And you should hop on that side of the fence and stay in the light because the further you go down that dark path, it ain't nothing in the dark. It ain't nothing in the dark for you but a bunch of hate and fear. Why don't you just hop on that side of the light, stay in the light, and, you know, good things will happen to you too in life. In your lane, what's meant for you is meant for you. Coach Vaughn, out.